Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. What is up, everybody? Good morning. Hold on. Hold on. Click the wrong thing. There I am. I know you guys, uh, I know you guys were looking forward to actually seeing me as opposed to the, uh, the little preview screen there. Welcome in to the live stream. I'm Michael Bork. Glad to, to see all of you guys, actually see all of you guys on this Thursday morning. Uh, main topic today, one thing I want to talk about is SEC quarterbacks. Uh, I'm not going to go 1 through 14 or or anything like that. That's not what I'm going to do this morning. But SEC quarterbacks, you know, like a top five, if you will. But the reason I'm doing this exercise is because there is one that, at least so far this season, is probably criminally underrated at this point. And um, you won't be surprised by the top two. But when you get after two, you start looking around and you think, you know what? We don't give this one kid enough credit. So we'll talk about that right here on the stream. Real quick, though, I want to remind you, follow me everywhere. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, at Michael Borky. YouTube, on my YouTube channel, Michael Borky on YouTube. Subscribe. Um, yeah, we have audio this morning. I made sure I uh, I, I unclicked that button this time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, got audio this morning. Uh, but don't forget, subscribe on YouTube. I, I will be doing a, a late-night Saturday reaction stream, although... Ole Miss plays at 11. State doesn't play at all. It'll still be late Saturday night uh, after the little guy goes to bed and after most of the games are over. So you don't want to miss that. Subscribe on YouTube, Michael Borky, and uh, and find me there. That'll be great. Okay, first of all, did you guys see the story from the baseball game last night? This is unbelievable to me. Uh, a guy that's been on the run for 23 years, a fugitive. This is from, so I, my, the link is CNN, but it's from the U.S. Marshals. Let me share this so you can see where this guy was sitting. If you haven't seen the story, this is nuts. John Ruffo is his name. That's where he was apparently sitting. A 23-year fugitive. The U.S. Marshals, somebody, whether they use like face recognition software, I don't know. Uh, somebody spotted him at the game last night. And that's apparently where this guy may or may not have been sitting here. I'll scroll down for another picture. So that's the last picture of him ever. And this is in 1998. That's the last image of him that they've ever seen until last night in LA at the Dodgers game, sitting behind home plate. And the U.S. Marshals are obviously, you know, asking for help, but uh, he was convicted in the late '90s of a $350 million bank fraud scheme, and was sentenced to 17 and a half years in prison. So he'd already be out uh, by now. He was given bond, but never showed up to prison to serve his sentence. And also, about 13 million dollars of the 350 was never recovered. Uh, and then. 
apparently this isn't the first time he's uh, been spotted or, or tipped or whatever. In 2016, a tip came to investigators that Ruffo, who's now 66, had been at a Red Sox and Dodgers game in Los Angeles a month earlier. On, on August 5th of that year, he was sitting about four rows up wearing a blue T-shirt, the marshal said in a news release. So this wasn't last night. This was at a Dodgers game in 2016. This is Red Sox-Dodgers 2016, but somehow they got a tip that this was him sitting there. If I said last night, forgive me. This is not last night. The story broke last night. This did not happen last night. Um, But that's the image. Wearing the blue shirt from 2016, that they think is him sitting behind home plate after years on the run. My question is, how I mean, where does the tip come from? You know what I mean? I mean, have you ever looked just like at a crowd? And I mean, that guy, that image, it, it, that, like that doesn't stand out to me or anybody. And if he's been on the run for a couple of decades, who would have known that that was him sitting there to now start asking questions and stuff and trying to figure out what, where this guy is after so long? But I mean, apparently this dude who's five foot five or whatever has been hiding in plain sight to the point where he's comfortable sitting behind home plate at baseball games after he skipped a 17-year prison sentence for a $350 million bank fraud scheme. Just sitting behind home plate at a baseball game in Los Angeles, two rows back. John Ruffo's his name. That's crazy. And yeah, you're right, man. Kyle, Kyle says that man has balls. Yeah. Uh, there's no shot you'd get me doing that. But anyway, I thought that was crazy. That story broke last night that marshals are, are looking for him after going to a baseball game in August of 2016. But still, I'm mind blown. Like, who would have known who that was? Who would have known who that was? It's crazy. It's uh, that's crazy. Chris, I did not see the uh, the coaches poll uh, for the the Pelicans ratings, although. Um, you know, I expect it to be a playoff team. They should be a playoff team. We'll see. I love Willie Green, their new coach. Um, just a far cry in messaging and culture compared to what Stan Van Gundy had there. So hopefully they can, uh, they can turn it into some wins, but all right, let's talk quarterbacks. And here's why I want to talk about it because it's pretty simple at the top. At least I think it is when you're Ranking SEC quarterbacks right now, I know some people one state over will disagree with the order of one and two, but it's very clear that it's Matt Corral. I think it's very clear that he's at number one and Bryce Young at two. I know Bryce Young just beat Matt Corral, but you guys know this. If you have a brain, you know that uh, Bryce Young's team around him is significantly better than the one that Matt Corral has. If I'm taking a quarterback today to win a game today, I am taking Matt Corral over Bryce Young. They're both great. I'm not going to disagree with you too much if you think one is ahead of the other or whatever. It's not worth it. It's 1A, 1B. They're both great. Uh, I would take Corral right now, but whatever. He's number one. Bryce Young's number two. And I think there's a shelf underneath three. And this is what I was thinking about last night when I couldn't sleep. Who's number three? Who's number three? When you're ranking quarterbacks in the SEC, who's number three? Because... There's no real clear answer, and you would probably get different answers based on fan base. I'm sure LSU fans would say Max Johnson is three. I'm sure Kentucky fans would say Will Levis is three, but that's no shot at all. But they would say it. 
Auburn fans would say Bo Nix. Arkansas fans would say KJ Jefferson and on and on and on and on. But when you're looking at it objectively, when you are looking at who right now is the third best quarterback in the SEC, not the third most talented quarterback in the SEC, you got to separate talent from what they're doing, their production. Um, Who's number three? Because it's not Bo Nix to me. K.J. Jefferson is too inconsistent to be there. He's got big playability. He he can run. He's been beat up a little bit. He's a physical guy, but not consistent enough at all. Um, at times, he throws a stunning deep ball, and they have explosive plays in that offense, but it's not consistent enough. Hendon Hooker, I think, by the end of the season, can probably take this spot. I think he he was a – the fact that he wasn't starting is still kind of shocking to me. Why Joe Milton – was able to win that job or how he was able to win that job. Uh, I would have some questions if I were a Tennessee fan uh, about coaching judgment. It's not JT Daniels. He's only thrown 71 passes this year. Is it Will Rogers? Is it Will Rogers? And, And, you know, I have been critical of the offense. It's not explosive enough. But... Here are the numbers. He has 1,862 passing yards. He has obviously thrown it a lot more than everybody else in the SEC. He's thrown 160 passes more than Matt Corral. He has more than double the pass attempts that Matt Corral does, right? Uh, So it's skewed a little bit, but still. Um He's completed 215 of those 284 pass attempts. And yes, I know half of his pass attempts are at or around the line of scrimmage. I know I've been critical of that, but still, listen to these numbers. 215 of 284, a 76% completion percentage, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. And completion percentage, He is only behind JT Daniels in the SEC, who, again, has only thrown 71 passes. He's been banged up. As far as regular starters in the SEC, he beats everybody. He's ahead of Bryce Young by three percentage points. He's ahead of Matt Corral by six percentage points. Now, the kicker, though, is the yards per pass attempt. Matt Corral second in the SEC at 9.7, and Will Rogers is down at 6.5. That's the one area of criticism that that I've given most of the season is they don't throw the ball downfield enough. But when you're looking at production, who has a better argument? And for whatever it's worth, QBR. QBR has Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, and Matt Corral, one, two, three. Will Rogers is seventh in QBR, and a lot of that is tied to the fact that it's yards per attempt is not very high. That's mostly where that comes from. But Who's got a better argument? Who's got a better argument than Rodgers at three? It's a good question, right? And a lot of people, myself included, I'm guilty of it, but a lot of people have been really hard on this kid. And credit to Mike Leach, I know most people don't listen to coach press conferences and stuff like that. I mean, I have to. Um, But I know most people don't. Mike Leach has said many times, you guys got to remember, he hasn't had a full season's worth of starts yet. 
not a full season worth of starts yet. Um, offensive line was a work in progress. They're getting better, but still a, a work in progress. Um, Got to be patient a little bit. And I did some of that this summer as well. But this is, uh, when you really look at the numbers, this is an interesting conversation now. For for quarterback in the SEC, Chris, not Heisman. Uh, quarterbacks in the SEC. No, there is... Although there are some fa- some state fans that are trying to convince themselves that he belongs in Heisman odds, and he does not. Um, the Heisman is the most outstanding player in college football. While he's had a solid season, and I'm making the argument for him to be third in the SEC in quarterback rankings, he is not anywhere close to the most outstanding player in college football. He's just not there yet. And, you know, I, I don't mean to, to be negative, but... There are some state fans also, and they've texted into our show, that say that he's better than Corral, and they would take him over Corral and and just stop that. I mean, come on. I know you love your players, but come come on. No, you wouldn't. Uh, Any objective bit in your body would not. And that's okay. I mean, he doesn't have to be that right now, but come on. Um, I do think, though, a lot of people around here, fans and otherwise, and raised, have been a little hypercritical of Will Rogers because the production this season, while conservative, doesn't throw the ball downfield enough, needs to open it up a little bit more. Production doesn't lie. 76% completions, touchdown to interception ratio of 14 to 2. I mean, he is third in the SEC in touchdowns with two interceptions. Max Johnson's thrown double that. Bryce Young on... 140 fewer attempts has thrown as many interceptions. On 140 fewer attempts, thrown as many interceptions. Yes, it is a little conservative, too conservative at times. You're not beating Alabama with an average depth of target of four yards, you know, but nobody expects you to beat Alabama anyway. We don't give the kid enough credit. He's having a good year. I mean, he'll break, probably break, Mississippi State single-season passing records and stuff. And again, that's mostly because of volume. But still, it's time to start putting some respect on Will Rogers' name, I guess is what I'm getting at. It's time to start putting some respect on Will Rogers' name. Is it perfect? No. Are there flaws in, in what they're doing right now? Absolutely. I talk about it every week. But there is not a good argument that I can think of for... Anybody to be definitively ahead of him when you're ranking SEC quarterbacks. I I mean, I can hear you on Jefferson. He's been banged up. Um, not very consistent. Runs the ball well, though. And he has some big wins. I mean, he did beat Texas. He did beat Texas A&M, although he was hurt and had to leave that game early. So I would hear an argument, but it's not set in stone. It's not definitive. Uh, I think Hendon Hooker, by the end of the season, you can have an argument for sure. It's not set in stone, though. Time to start putting some respect. Time to start putting some respect on Will Rogers' name because I think that's about where he falls, somewhere around there. And there were people going into the season that didn't think he was the second-best quarterback on his own team. 3793 is not too far uh, of a reach for Rodgers. Oh, no, I think he'll throw for over that. So they've played a 3-2, and two, right? So he's thrown for 1,800 yards in five games. 
let me do the math here. I got to get my calculator out. So we'll call it eight. Okay, eighteen ads on a calculator app. Um, my uh, my son accidentally deleted the uh, the the calculator app that comes with your phone, and um, I, I don't know how to like recover it. I don't know where it is. He likes to just mess with the apps. He doesn't know what he's doing. He just likes to move the screen and stuff. And so I had to download like a calculator. Apparently it has ads as I've just learned. Okay, so 1862 divided by five. So 372 yards per game times 12. If he keeps this pace up, he will break Dak's record by 700 yards. It's in the app store. I know it is, but like it's still on my phone. But I can't find where the app is located. So, like, I go to the app store and, and go to download it. It's still there. Like, I can't download it. It's there. But I don't know where it is on the phone itself. Like, it's it's gone. I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, if Will Rogers keeps this pace, and he still has Vanderbilt on the schedule, he still has an FCS team on the schedule, um, if he keeps this pace, he will break Dak's single-season record by 700 Yards. Um, it's pretty remarkable. It's um, yes, again, it's sheer volume. Dak didn't throw like this, but still, like I keep saying, respect the name a little bit. He deserves it. He's having a good year. Can it be better? Sure. Are are there areas of criticism in the offense? Ab- absolutely, there are. Um, absolutely, there are. But he's having a good year. Speaking of quarterbacks, we'll do picks and stuff tomorrow and the two questions thing and whatnot for uh, for Ole Miss and Arkansas and, and the rest of the games in the SEC. What an, an interesting game specifically for, uh, for Matt Corral, talking about quarterbacks, because this is the game that he has been constantly reminded of since it happened a year ago. Understandably so, by the way. I'm not saying that a six-interception game should just be, like, ignored and blown away. But after that game, it was those turnovers that cost him the game. They should have won in Fayetteville that day. If those six interceptions become three, they win because two of them went back for touchdowns. I mean, my gosh. Um, But all summer long, yeah, you know, Corral could be a first-round pick, but that Arkansas game... Anytime he went on social media, Arkansas fans were reminding him that he threw six interceptions everywhere he went at SEC media days. Hey, Matt, have you improved from that six interception game at Arkansas? What happened in Fayetteville when you threw six interceptions against Arkansas? Hey, Matt, remember that time? I mean, all summer long, every appearance, he's always constantly been asked about that game. Understandably so, again, of course. So far, if you're an Ole Miss fan watching, Knock on wood. He hadn't thrown one yet. Not one. I haven't thrown an interception yet this year. Uh, I saw, it's going to sound a little silly, going into the Alabama game, I thought Matt Corral was the best draft-eligible quarterback out there. I think that he will be invited to New York for the Heisman ceremony. He won't win because he won't be on a team that wins enough, but I think that he will. He's second in odds still. Um, I think he'll get invited to New York. I, I I'm very high on him and his ability and what he'll be at the next level. 
this is going to sound crazy. I think I talked about this with you guys on, on Sunday some. After the Alabama game, I felt more confident in that assessment than before the Alabama game. And here's why. He was under duress over 50% of his dropbacks. He was um, under pressure, real pressure, on more than half of his dropbacks. And what he did, what he could have done, was like last year in Fayetteville or in Baton Rouge. It was a frustrating game. His team was not playing well. They were getting beat, 100,000 people, all that. He had no time. He could have started throwing the like gunslinging around, taking wild risks, and really letting that get to his head, and he could have unraveled in that game. You, you've seen it before. Instead, according to his coach, he made one mistake throw. I don't know what throw he was referring to, but he made one mistake throw that ended up falling incomplete, apparently, and that was it. Otherwise. He still played within himself. I didn't see him force anything where it didn't belong. Um, Honestly, was really solid. Was really solid in a game where his team and his offensive line was completely physically overmatched and didn't let that get to him. This is another test. It's another test, I think. And obviously, I'm not in his head. I don't know him. I assume, though, that he's looking at this game as as revenge, if you will. Because if I were him, I'd be sick of hearing about it. When you make mistakes, you don't like hearing about it constantly, right? Um, This is a a huge game for Ole Miss. It's one that if they're going to have the season that people were hoping they would, they need to win. Not going to go must win or anything, but if they're an eight or a nine win team, you have to beat Arkansas at home when you're a touchdown favorite. You have to, this Arkansas team. Um, If he continues to play within himself and not make mistakes – all of those all of those things are still true about him, but this is a huge game for that right there because a lot of people are going to be focused on this particular team, Barry Odom and what he's got for Corral because this was the team that kind of exposed that last year. How will he respond and step up and all that good stuff? I'm thrilled to see how this happens. I can't wait for this game. Seriously, I cannot wait for this game. I think that Arkansas is going to score. I think Ole Miss is going to score. But this is a big game for Matt Corral because if he's going to be that first-round pick, I mean, a lot of draft guys have moved him up to number one on their board except for Pro Football Focus, who still somehow thinks that Spencer Rattler is a better draft prospect than him. And, you know, maybe a team picks him, but if you're at Oklahoma and you've got Lincoln Riley and you're still struggling like he is and your fans and students are calling for you to be benched and now there's some internal issues about leadership and stuff like that, Keep putting that guy ahead. It's it's fine. Um, Other draft analyst people who I think do a better job uh, have him as the number one draft eligible quarterback in college football. If he's going to be that guy, this is a big day for him. If Ole Miss is going to have the season that people think that they were going to have, eight and four, nine and three, something like that, which they're capable of, got to win this game. It's huge, huge game. I can't wait to watch it. Chris, if they go 11-1, and one, any chance for the playoff? I'm going to say no, and here's why. Because I think Alabama and Georgia are going to meet in the SEC championship undefeated. And I don't think either one will drop below that of Ole Miss. And the playoff committee's not putting three teams in the college football playoff. So, no, I, I do not think that that will... Uh, yeah, Georgia and Alabama will have to slip up. And then... 
whichever one of those teams lose has to lose in the SEC championship for that to be a possibility. Got to win Saturday first, but yeah, I mean, there's a chance. It's just a very, very long one for sure. Uh, but there is a chance. Never say never and all that good stuff. So bit of a short one today. I've got a ton to do this morning. I've got a lot of uh, business to attend to, so I'm going to go ahead and hang it up. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Tomorrow we've got picks, and then Saturday night, tomorrow we got picks, and uh, it's my wife's birthday, so wish her happy birthday, uh, I guess, in your, in your head. Um, we've got picks tomorrow, late night stream Saturday night, and uh, let's get going. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.